Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. You'll remember that a few weeks ago I told you that we were going to be having home missionaries visit our church once a month for the next six months. And tonight we are very blessed to have brother and sister Punzel and their family and a portion of their congregation with us. Brother Punzel is in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, and uh, he's doing a great work there. And he has several Spanish people, got a great Spanish work along with his congregation. And we're very proud of him. Matter of fact, he is going to be coming off of status very shortly. But I wanted you to hear from him and hear his testimony and what God is doing in Fort Atkinson. Great things. Great things. So I'm going to ask you, would you please stand with me? And we're going to invite Brother Punzel to come and take his liberty and share with us a bit of home missions flavor tonight. What God is doing in Fort Atkinson. God bless you, Brother and Sister Punzel. Thank you very much. Amen. Why don't we do that one more time and let's do that unto the Lord with all of our heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having us here and you may be seated. I'm so, again, so thankful that you've allowed us to come and welcomed us. We feel very welcome here, and I feel the love of God in this place. And it's so wonderful to go different places and feel the love of God and the presence of God with God's people. Amen. That's, uh, it just sends a, just a rush of adrenaline, excitement through my body. Um, but I, I really felt today that I wanted to do something, and, and I really wanted just to say, you know, I, I honor your pastor this is a great man. Amen. He's a great man. I came into the church 23 years ago this year. I remember my first camp meeting walking in there. I was a 17-year-old boy, been hooked on drugs. I'd overdosed. My heart had stopped nine times one night. They told my parents I would not live, and if I did live, I would be a vegetable. Uh, they told them to consider unplugging the systems, and there was no hope for me. And I came out of that, and, and here I am today. But I remember walking into my first camp meeting, and uh, it was crazy, and all the things. I'd, I'd never experienced the worship and the dancing and everything that was going on there. And, and many of you are smiling. You've, you've been there. You've, you've experienced that feeling. But as I stood there, something began to go through my mind and my spirit. I looked at the men there, how they looked in their suits and ties. I'd never put a suit on in all of my life. And I could just see the men there and, and, and Brother Grant and Brother Snow and Brother Rogers and Brother Putnam. And, and I, I looked to those men and something ran through my mind and said, I want to be like that someday. I want to be like that. Brother Kylie and, and these men, I, I don't say this. I'm not looking for a pat on the back or a big offering. I'm not looking for anything. These men here, this is my idol. He's my role model. I look to these men and I don't just say that. I don't want to be like Brett Favre. I don't want to be Michael Jordan. I want to be the best preacher that I can be. I want to be a man of God. 
Amen. Amen. And I, I mean that with all of my heart. These are my role models. I take my kids to Apostolic Conference in Mississippi, a church planners conference every year. And just to get them in the influence of them great men and to rub shoulders and see them men, I said, now that's, that's a role model right there. Husband of one wife, pastor of a church, loves God with all of his heart, sacrifice for the God they serve. Amen. And I honor Brother Kyle. I, I see just a little bit of what it takes to build something like this. The sacrifice, the pain, the tears, and, and all of that. And Amen. They're my role models. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having us and welcoming us. Got my family here. I'd like to honor them, my children, my two boys, if they'd stand just momentarily. Amen. My daughter, my wife, if I could have them stand. Amen. And I can stand up here and I get to get all the honor and, and I get to preach and, and do all of that, the fun stuff. But, you know, I couldn't do it without them. Uh, my boy was there today. My oldest boy was there shoveling snow today, helping me. And they mow lawn and vacuum and do Sunday school. And my wife, I, I couldn't do it without them. And then I have some of our congregation here and I'd like them just to stand momentarily. Amen. I have Armando in the front and Gina and Maricela. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. And Armando will be being baptized this Sunday in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For the remission of his sins. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And Maricela is uh, one of our Spanish ladies uh, in our congregation. We're excited for that. And today, something very exciting is Gina's birthday. <laughs> Amen. And I just thought I'd say that because, you know, as a pastor and, and even before I was a pastor just serving God, I just think it's exciting that people want to go to church on their birthday. Amen. We're, we're better to be than in the house of the Lord separate, celebrating with, amen, the God that we serve on your birthday. Amen. 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 So I, I give honor to all of you here again and all of you that pray and give and support us and support your pastor. And as he's gone and, and works with the missionaries, you really are a part of what we are doing in Fort Atkinson. You really are there with us. You may not be on site and you may not be in our services, but you and your prayers are felt and we feel that you are. Don't feel that you're not involved. You are there. You're with us. You're working. You're helping us and we feel them prayers and it is encouraging to us to come here and to be involved with, with you people and to be able to speak to you and, and do all of these things. So many great things are happening in Fort Atkinson and just to share some of them, Brother Kylie asked that I would share just a few of the things that are happening and this will be our third year of being in Fort Atkinson and uh, you know the thing that I think I regret the most is not writing down some of the stories. And really the things that you experience. And uh, this is really truly a dream come true for me. It has its moments. And there's times I ask God, God, are you sure that I'm the right guy? Are you sure that you knew what you were doing sending me there? Because I, I don't think I can do it. There's times that I've honestly in my mind and in my spirit said, God, I don't know that I can do this. It's too big for me. It's bigger than I am. I, I don't 
I don't know if I can handle this, God. And just recently was one of them moments, and I, I, I just uttered that out in my spirit, in my mind, by myself. I'm, God, I don't know if I can really do this. And God said, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you finally got it figured out. You can't do it. <laughs> it is bigger than me. Amen. It's bigger than all of us. And I think we finally reached that point, like Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And thank God I've reached that point, the point to say, God, it's bigger than me. And God, I really do need you to be involved right here with everything that I'm doing. And, you know, I felt to say this tonight as we were worshiping to somebody. I don't know who you are. Don't know your name. But I just want to tell somebody here tonight, this is for real. This is the real deal. This is what you're looking for. You can stop right here. Plant yourself on these seats. Attach yourself to this pastor and his wife and these people here. This is the real deal. Amen. Being a whole missionary, being a whole missionary pastor, uh, coming out of the lifestyle that I lived, I, I see it weekly and monthly. I see that this really does work. Preaching the gospel and sowing the word of God into individuals' lives does work. It worked in my life when there was no hope, when the pills didn't do it and the counselors couldn't do it. I walked into a Pentecostal church. Amen. And, and, and that's where I found all of the answers that I was looking for. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It'll make you free. Amen. So... A year ago, I would have never imagined a year ago that I would be speaking in two different languages. Three now. English, Holy Ghost, and hablar mucho en español. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's bigger than I am. Brother Kylie, I never, I never imagined when I showed up in Fort Atkins, I pulled up in front of the church that God helped us to acquire the miracle. And as I sat there praying, God says, you need to reach out to the Spanish community. God, I, I don't know how to speak Spanish, but God placed a burden in my heart for the Spanish people. I went and bought a bilingual Bible, a Bible study chart, and my goodness gracious, talk about nervous and not, not, not knowing but God led me to people and we started teaching them. And it wasn't that I knew the language. I believe it was the love and the compassion that I felt for them flowing out of me that attaches to them. Two weeks ago, we had Bible study in Maricela's home, Maricela and Armando's home. We had eight Spanish-speaking people in that Bible study with my wife and myself. Amen. Amen. It's bigger than I am. There's awkward moments. I don't know the words to say, but, but it always seems to work out. And when it's, when it's over, God's presence is there. And we've baptized three ladies now, the first ladies that I know of in that area in the name of Jesus Christ, and they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Attending a, a one God apostolic church in the Fort Atkinson area. Amen. I truly believe with all my heart that someday we'll have our altars full of Spanish men 
and women dancing right along with the Americans praising the Lord and worshiping. We don't have a, a Spanish off service and I know it's probably out there a little ways, but we went right away to a, a bilingual service Sunday morning. So our services are, are English and, and, and Spanish songs and English and Spanish announcements and English and Spanish preaching and, and, and God moves and, and it's just wonderful. And, and it's the first thing like that in Fort Atkinson, our van that we drove in tonight is Iglesia Vida and Life Church. Amen. And I, I truly believe with all my heart sometime very soon we'll have a Chinese family. We have Chinese, three Chinese restaurants in town and, and I'm working on them. Just, just pray for me. And I, I don't know what, about, what I'm going to do when it comes to that as far as the, the language part of it. But I do know Boyu Shishi, which means uh, you're welcome. And Shishi means, I believe it means uh, thank you. Uh, so when we go there to eat with them, I, I, I learn and I, I speak and we connect. And, and I just believe with all of my heart that John the Revelator, when he was there on Patmos and looked into heaven, there wasn't a black group over here and wasn't some white folks over here and, and, and the Spanish over here in the corner, but he says, I saw all multitudes and nations and kindreds and tongue, a multitude no man could worship together around the throne. And amen. And I know sometimes I feel the spirit in our city, well, you know, they're, I don't know all the deals as far as the legitimacy and the papers and all of that. I don't know, but I do know one thing. They're here right now, and, and I don't know what's going to happen in six months or a year from now, and, but they're here now, and I'm going to reach them. And, and I don't know what everybody thinks about us in our community, mixing with the Spanish and reaching out to them and giving them rides, but, but I do know one thing. They feel the love of God coming from us, and I truly believe this with all my heart, church. When they find out that we're there and we care and we're not going to hold any of that against them, Look out, Fort Atkinson. Look out, Whitewater. Look out, Jefferson. Amen. We're going to have a church full of them. We're going to love them. We're going to pray them through to the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're going to baptize them in Jesus' name and teach them about one God. Amen. A little bit of what's happening in Fort Atkinson. Uh, we, we have a currently about 35 to 40 people in our services on an average uh, on, on a Sunday morning. And, and that's what, we've, what my wife and I have reached in the two and a half going on three years we went there. And, and we determined with our heart uh, when we went that we were going to reach lost people from Fort Atkinson. And I mean, maybe that's not politically correct term to use in the world that we live in now, but we were going to reach people that were sinners. Their children had never been to Sunday school before. They, they didn't know how to sit still. They didn't know how to behave. And so that was what led us to pray. And the Lord opened the door and we, we got a wonderful 12-passenger van and basically given to us $1,200 is what we paid and so we, we go and we fill that up and we bring kids that don't behave and we've had all kinds of stuff in our services I, I remember my wife coming home from work one day and said you know I, I was telling some of the ladies about Sunday school and how we've had turtles in Sunday school in church <laughs> we tried praying them through but we didn't quite get them there we got a visitor card on him. We had frogs in service. And we have our Sunday school kids bring all this stuff right in the front rows. And 
Brother Caskey was there, and we had all kinds of stuff going on there in that service. But <laughs> you can just let your 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 mind go with that. But but my wife came home and said, you know, I I was telling one of the teachers about that, and she kind of looked at me down down her nose and said, well, we'll we'll never have anything like that in our church. And you know, I really felt sad. I felt sad in, in my heart for her. Because I don't know what it's like in, in Oconomowoc, and I don't know what it's like where she is, but in Fort Atkinson, you know, if I'm only going to look for the people on the right side of the tracks, or the people that got an education, or that got so much money in their pocket, and that, I, I may never have much of a church there. And I guess the way I look at it, my only option is I can leave them sitting at home where their parents are trying to overcome a hangover from the night before. And I've walked into the apartments you can't hardly see in there from the cigarette and the marijuana smoke. And I believe the word of God says, for whomsoever will. And so we bring them with their frogs and all of that. And they sit in church and worship and come to Sunday school and the cause of problems and do all that. And But I guess... In my mind, I'd rather have them there hearing and feeling the presence of God than sitting home maybe watching reruns of WWF or whatever is on Sunday mornings. I don't know. Been a long time since I've been home on a Sunday morning. Isn't that a good feeling? (laughs) It's been a long time since I've been home on Sunday morning. Amen. So they're just a... A lot, a lot of exciting things happening in Fort Atkinson. I don't know that I can tell all the stories, but it's really made a believer out of me. Said I, I read it somewhere. It said when you walk away from home missions, you, you'll be more of a believer than you ever were before you started. And I know that's true. Because I see it works, church. I see it work. I don't have a PhD. I don't have a lot of things, but... When people come in my office, I just sit down right away and I tell them, you know, all I have is the word of God. I have an experience and I will pray for you. My wife and I will pray for you. And the few people that I share this information with, I don't share the information per se, but I, that they have a special need, we will pray for you. And over and over and over again, church, I've seen the word of God transforms, transform lives. We teach Bible studies. My wife and I right now are teaching on average six to eight Bible studies a week. Our greatest need right now is Bible study teachers, someone to help, someone to come along when we bring them people in the church and just say, would you like to come over to our house for dinner? Just be a friend. This past Sunday, uh, we had 17 people in our church, for, in our home for lunch. 17 people sitting around our tables. We went to a rummage sale and picked up a table and when they come over we take two tables and we slide them together. We've got aluminum chairs from the church around it and, and we just uh, we go out and, and we, we, we take funds and we buy sloppy joes and hamburgers, uh, buns and hamburgers and chips and they come and we talk. This Sunday they were there till five o'clock in the afternoon just talking about nothing. But, but I do know this, they need friends. And I found this out, if you can be a friend in this day and hour with all the needs, you, you won't be able to build a church big enough. They need friends. 
And eventually I get around to preaching to them and, and telling them the gospel. But I do know this, when they can sit in your living room and share their burdens and, and they can talk about their problems and all the things going on and know they're safe. It was amazing. There was people I'd never met before. They were first-time visitors there, people I'd never met just sitting around my table. And I looked there with my children and my family, and I looked, and I just amazing. I got 17 people sitting around in my living room. I've got an extended family. And church, what I want to say with all of that is you are a part of that. That's why home missions is so important. And I know that we want to send our foreign missionaries out and reach countries all over the world and impact countries. And I tell our church every time that we support missionaries, we currently support six and are now our seventh foreign missionary. Our group of 30 or 40 people send out over 200, almost $300 a month out of our church to foreign missionaries. We also support home missionaries. This year we made a pledge of $6,800 to Apostolic Conference. That's enough to support seven of our own home missionaries from across this country. That will pay all of their expenses. It will pay their airfare. It will pay their rooms. It will pay their food, their lodging, and for their kids to go there. Because I just truly believe it's that important. I want to be bigger than I am. I want to be bigger than Fort Atkinson. I tell our people every time we give to a foreign missionary, I may never go to the country or the, the district of Georgia, but today when you give that offering, when we take him on as a missionary, we are impacting the world. We're making indifference in Georgia, in Ethiopia, in Curacao. Amen, we're making a difference. And, and you, when you give to us, when you allow us to come and speak, and I know you love to hear your pastor and want to hear from him and <laughs> but here we are tonight and I thank you for that amen thank you so much that we can be here tonight and know there's people praying for us loving us caring us believe in what we do and allow your pastor to go and do what he does he's influencing he's impacting he's making such a difference for other people other men just like me in the state and I'm so thankful for that I do, I do have a, just a short, short thought if I could share with you tonight. I'm going to read from Proverbs, the 18th chapter. And I'm going to read just one verse. I'm going to read from verse number one. Proverbs 18, verse number one. And, and I would just like to share with you, if I could, for just a few moments tonight. I would like to share this thought with you tonight. The greater things. Just that thought, the greater things. Proverbs 18, chapter 1, and I got to bear with me. I'm going to stay in practice for Sunday. It's Proverbios 18, versículo número uno, verso uno. Proverbs 18, verse number 1, leer uno verso. We will, we will read one verse. Amen. If you're there, say amen. 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 It says, through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. And I want to concentrate just for a few moments on the first half of that scripture. Through desire, a man having separated himself. Through desire. Lord Jesus, I thank you tonight. And God, I thank you for this congregation. Lord, I thank you that I can come here and speak your word. 
God, I thank you for the burden they have. And Lord Jesus, I thank you. I pray when I leave here tonight, God, that I could leave something with this congregation to be a benefit and a blessing to them in the name of Jesus Christ. Again, I'm so proud to be a home missionary. I'm so thankful to be here tonight in this pulpit, and I don't take this lightly. This truly is a dream come true for me. It's, 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 it's an honor. It's a privilege. I love every moment of it, serving God, being able to do what I do. It's, it's just, I made it up in my mind probably two years ago that as difficult as it is and the hardships there is and the things that you go through, I told my wife, I said, I'm just going to laugh, I'm going to smile, and I'm going to enjoy it. I remember with my children watching a children's animated movie. I believe it was Madagascar. And there were some monkeys in that movie. And many times I feel like that monkey. But there were some monkeys in that movie. And I just remember this is what they said. Just smile and wave, boys. Just smile and wave. <laughs> and I've kind of taken on that mentality. I'm just going to smile. I'm going to enjoy what I'm doing, and I want to tell somebody here tonight, this is the best life there is. With all of the hardship, with everything that goes on, there's no better life than this. And I love this life, amen. I love getting dressed and going to church and worshiping, amen. I love being involved with the work of God. Not, not just that I'm a preacher and I can be here, but I've loved serving God from day number one. I loved serving God. I, I, I'd ask God, God, if, if I don't die tonight from this stuff going through my body, I will serve you. I would wake up the next day and I would go back to the same thing, the same thing I was doing. So if somebody would have told me 23 years ago that I would be here doing this, I most likely would have laughed in your face. I wouldn't have believed it because all I knew to that point was failure. I wanted to serve God, but I could not. I didn't have the right information. I didn't know how. I went to a denominal situation and, and they never gave me the information how I could get free. I don't believe they had the power to help me get free from what I was going through. But deep down in my heart, I wanted to be free. I wanted to serve God. I would lay at night sometimes not able to speak from the things going through my body, suffering from alcohol poisoning. I would lay on the floors of bathrooms between the toilet and, and, and the tub just for the sweat off of it to cool my body because I was burning up. I was literally dying and suffering from the alcohol poisoning. And I would lay there many times not even being able to speak and just through my mind saying, God, if I don't die tonight, because I knew if I died, I'd be lost. God, if I live through this, I'll serve you. But I couldn't. I got my act together enough to go to a, a college, a music school after high school, and I was there for a year. It was cut short. The friend, my roommate that I was in school with, started going to this crazy church. He said, I'm, I'm going to this church, and I've never seen anything like this. They dance, and they run, and they, they talk in this strange language, and, and, they, and they talk about being baptized in the name of Jesus, and he was just so new, he would come home smiling like he was on a, a high from this church experience. And I'd been in churches before, and I'm like, boy, I, I've, never, I've never felt like that in church before. I guess the best feeling I had is when I was out the door ready to head home. 
I'm glad our churches aren't like that. Amen. There's life in our churches. There's excitement in our churches. Amen. I love it when people dance and run and there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And, and I pray we don't ever get to the point where, where crazy stuff doesn't happen in our churches. And I know there's crazy stuff we don't want to happen. But I'm talking the running and the dancing and, and the people that get drunk in the spirit. Amen. And, and people falling out and, and all of the good stuff that goes along with the spirit of God. Amen. Is there anybody thankful for the power and the spirit of God in your life? Amen. So I was introduced to Pentecost, and, and there on my couch in Minnesota, uh, these, these two guys hardly been in the church six months. I don't even know if they were in the church that long, but they came home one night and said, we want to teach you a Bible study about the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and I'm like, well, I don't know if I really want to hear any of this, but this voice spoke to me and said, what do you got to lose? You've tried everything else. You've been to doctors, you've taken the pills, and no one could help you. And so I sat there and I listened to their five or ten minute Bible study. They still had, one of them still had long hair. And, and there I listened to them and, and they said, if you raise your hands and begin to pray, you'll receive the Holy Ghost. And just like they said, I did receive the Holy Ghost sitting on that couch that night in my apartment in Minnesota. Amen. And so a process began to happen in my life. Suddenly I was starting to get the right information, how to serve God. And, and, and I, I went back home. My, 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 uh, a year in school was cut short and suddenly conviction came on us. We were in a rock and roll school and, and we didn't want to live like that anymore after we were filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't it wonder when, wonderful when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, how it begins to speak to you about things in your life. Amen. So thankful for that. The Word of God, I believe, tells us that He will send the Comforter, and the Comforter will teach you all things. And that Spirit began to speak to us. And we came under conviction about the things we were doing, and we cut our schooling short, and we moved home, and I was living in Lake Mills at the time, and, and I, I attended uh, Water, Calvary, uh, Apostolic Gospel Lighthouse in Watertown, and Pastor Caldwell was the pastor. In one of my very first times walking in there, I'll never, ever forget this moment in my life, the woman sitting right there who would eventually be my wife, I didn't know it at the time, and another one of those situations, if you would have told me that, I probably would have laughed. I never imagined myself being married Never could imagine that I'd be enough of a man to, to take care of a woman or a family. But she handed me a tape. It was before even the days of CDs. She handed me a tape of a man named Lee Stone King. And it was just simply entitled The Gift of Faith. And suddenly more of the right information came into my life. I would take that tape home at night and I would listen to that tape over and over and over again. See, when I came into the apostolic church, my family told me that was enough, and they told me it was time to move out. I was kicked out of my home at 17 years of age. My parents said, if you're going to live like that, we would have rather have you living the way that you used to live. When I woke up from the coma, I was in a coma for 10 days. When I woke up from that coma, there was nobody there. I didn't have family to hold my hand and say, we're glad you made it through this. We're glad that you lived. We've been here praying. I didn't have any of that. And so when I started living for God, it was just 
me and God. But I determined one thing in my mind. I knew that something happened to me. And I knew that what I'd been looking for, I found. And I made it up in my mind. Didn't matter if my friends came with me or not. My friends told me after I stopped using and selling drugs, they said you should have died because you're dead to us already. One of them told me, he said, you shouldn't have overdosed, you should have used a gun. So I determined in my mind, and I feel like I need to say this to somebody here tonight. Just make it up in your mind tonight before we leave here. Doesn't matter if your friends come with you or not. Doesn't matter if your friends come with you or not, your family come with you or not. You've got Jesus, and that's enough. Hallelujah. So there I knew that I had found something and that desire to serve God was meeting the right information. And so I determined I wasn't going to quit. And so I'd sit in that apartment sometimes all alone and I would listen to those tapes over and over and over again. And then I remember that someone else gave me a tape. Someone else handed me a tape of Vesta Mangan. And I just remember the title of that message was Never Leave God Alone in Prayer. So I learned very, very, two very, very important principles early on. God can do anything and pray. Never leave God alone in prayer. So that's what I did. I'd go home and I'd pray and that, right, that desire uh, was introduced to the right information. And, 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 and I just began to serve God with all of my heart. And I really felt this week in praying and in coming here that that there was somebody here tonight, somebody in this congregation. Again, I don't know who you are. I don't know, you don't, don't know your name. But I want to encourage somebody here tonight, serve God with all of your heart. Serve God with everything inside of you. I don't have a great education. I don't have a lot of talent. I'm, I'm standing here tonight being very honest with you. I'm here tonight by the grace of God. There's a lot of preachers that are better than I am. There's a lot of preachers that have more education than I do. They have a lot more finances than I do. But there's one thing I believe that I have more than them. I have desire. I believe I have more desire than any of the others. See, when I, when I came to be a home missionary, my pastor, Pastor Grant, we, we stay in conversation weekly. And very early on when I went to Fort Atkinson to be a home missionary, we had a conversation and he said, Dave, you know, when you left to go to Fort Atkinson to be a home missionary, there were many people that were very, very upset about you going. And I said, really, why is that? And they said, well, some of the men thought that they should have went. They're better than you. And he told me this. They felt like they were better preachers than you. Some of them have more money than you. Some of their wives could sing better than my wife. And I know a lot of them had more money than I did. And I said, Brother Grant, well, what did you tell him? And he said, well, I said this. They said, I do know this about Dave. You're right. You may be more talented and you may be a better speaker than he is. And you may have more money than him. But you don't have any more desire than he does. He was available and he went. That's why I'm a whole missionary today. I wanted to go. 
And I want to tell somebody here tonight, you may not be the most talented person on your job. You may have been a failure to this point in your life. You may not have as much money as some of the people you're sitting next to or your neighbors. But what God's looking for is not talent. He's not looking for your ability. He's not even wondering how educated you are. But I believe God's looking for somebody here tonight that has desire. One thing I desire more than anything is to do something great for God. What I'm doing is great right now. But Brother Kylie, I want to do even greater things. There's cities that need churches. I want to raise up men and women that will do more than I've ever done. I want them to go to the next level and go to the next dimension. I want them to do great things for God. I want them to, to, to see the limits. I believe with all of my heart that there's a spirit sweeping through our world much like the days that Christopher Columbus was alive. I believe I'm speaking to somebody here tonight that wants to get in a boat and sail. That's saying spiritually tonight, I believe there's something more out there. I believe that, Brother Kylie, that our generations that have gone on before us have done great things for God. But I believe with all of my heart tonight, and I hope I can put this or stir somebody's heart tonight, there are things for God that have not been done yet. There are messages that have not been preached. There are things that have not been seen that can be seen. Amen. But God's waiting for the person with the desire. He's waiting for the next Elisha. He's waiting for the next Elisha, Elijah. He's waiting for the next Paul. He's waiting for the next Peter. He's waiting for somebody that's got desire that says, I will go, God. I want to be the one. I will sacrifice. I will give up. I will do. But God, I want to be the one to do something great for you. I want to do something great for him. I want to do more. Not, not out of pride. It's, it's not a competition. I'm not competing with Brother Kylie or the men that have gone on before me. But I simply want to do something more for God. I want to do that thing that God needs done today in our world. I want to pray the prayers. I want to fast if I've got to fast. But I want to do something great for God. I've always had that desire. It's burned inside of my heart. I've cried out for God. God, I want to do great things for you. See, I played sports. I was on state all-star baseball. I played on two state qualifying football teams. You look at me, uh, I'm, I'm small. I was a quarterback. How, how could you do that? The men that I played with, the guys that I were playing with were 6'2 and 6'3 and some of them 2 and 300 pounds. And, and I was always at a disadvantage. Well, I was always fast because I didn't want to get hit by him. But occasionally I did. Well, what, what, what was the difference? How could you get out and compete? Well, I was small. I wasn't very talented. wasn't as talented as some of the others, but I had one thing. I had desire. That's what got me out there. That's kept me out there. See, I never wanted to sit on the sidelines. I never wanted to watch the game. I had to be in the game in some dimension. And friend of mine, when I got in the game, I didn't want to just be in the game. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to cause something. I wanted to make plays. I wanted, I wanted something to happen. 
I, rem I remember one specific moment in my mind. It was, it was a, a game against a, a very good team. And I remember they, they, the quarterback handed the ball off to the running back and they did a sweep on my side. And this guy was barreling down on me 100 miles an hour. And in my mind, I'm thinking I've got two options. Fake like I fell down and missed the tackle or you got to try to get in there somehow. Their end was blocking me and I couldn't get free, but somehow by the grace of God, I got free from him. And as that running back came by me with the ball, I remember putting my head down on that ball and it popped loose. And there was the fumble laying right there. We picked up that ball and ran it back. That was the deciding point of the game. I didn't say that for you to think something special of me. What I simply am saying is when I got in the game, I wanted to make something happen. Get in the game. Make something happen. It's your choice. Your pastor's preached. He's done all he can, but now it's up to you. Get in the game. Do something with the Holy Ghost God gave you. He gave it to you for more than to sit on a pew, more for goosebumps. The word of God says that you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Those men that taught me the Bible study didn't know all there was to know about the Bible. They didn't know even how to teach a Bible study, but they had desire. They had the Holy Ghost. They got involved with the Spirit of God and they taught me, a Bible study. Amen. I'm getting ready to close here. Leonard Ravenhill said many years ago, one of these days some, some simple soul will pick up the book of God, read it and believe it, then the rest of us will be embarrassed. I want to be that person. Is there anybody else here tonight that wants to be that person? Brother Kylie, I don't want to just be a saint. Be the best saint you can be. You've got two options. See, everyone here tonight can be one of two things in the equation. You can be an accelerator, a catalyst, or you can be an inhibitor. A catalyst is one who speeds up the processes, adds to the process. I'm going to worship when nobody else worships. I'm going to be the supporter of my pastor. I'm not going to talk negative. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to be in church every time the doors are open. I'm going to be a catalyst for what's happening here in Oconomowoc. I'm going to be right in the middle of what's happening. I'm going to be the best saint. I'm going to be the best sound man. I'm going to be the best usher. I'm going to be a catalyst to what God wants to do because I don't want to be a hindrance. I don't want to be that inhibitor. I want to be the catalyst. I want to be right in the middle of it. We didn't wait when we came in the church. We didn't wait for prayer meetings. We started our own. We gathered every Monday night. A bunch of new believers would come and we'd pray and we'd seek God. We wanted to see those miracles we'd heard about. We wanted to be right in the middle of it. God, if this is for real, I want to be right in the middle of it. God, if this is real... I don't want to sit on the sidelines. I want to be in the middle of it. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I want to pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. I want to see my family saved. I want to teach Bible studies, God. I want to see the lost saved. I want to see people come in to the kingdom of God. See, it's not about me and building a church that can support me. For me, it's about increasing the kingdom of God. I can't do that by just having people come from other churches that are already saved. I've got to go out and teach Bible studies. I've got to go into their homes. I've got to reach people that don't know anything, know nothing about God. I've got to take what I've got and get right in the middle of what God's doing. Hey Amen. I love football. I love college football. I was driving not too long ago in my vehicle and I turned on a sports talk show and they were critiquing some of the great teams and they talked about the Texas football team and how just a few years ago they were just a, a great power and, and they were the team to reckon with and now they're just a shadow of that and they're not even in the top 25. And they were just discussing how that they had such great players, five-star recruits would come there and when they would leave the campus, they were actually worse off than when they got there. And they attributed their failure in the demise of the football program to underachievement. They were underachieving. They were five-star recruits that were performing far less than their potential. And something went through my spirit when I heard that on the radio that day. And I began to pray and weep and said, God, I don't want to be an underachieving apostolic. You gave me your spirit. It's the most powerful force on the face of this earth and it lives inside of me. God, I don't want to be an underachiever. I want to be everything that I can be for you. I want to be everything I can be for God. The greater things. Jesus said, and greater things than these, these shall you do. Because I go unto my Father. Well, greater things than Jesus. You know, his disciples thought they had seen everything. They got in a boat and sailed to the other side of the sea. And they were in that boat and suddenly a great storm came. They had just seen the 5,000 fed and They'd seen blind eyes open and the dead raised and all of these different miracles that Jesus did. And there they're in the boat and here comes Jesus walking on the water. And I just simply said all of that to say this. Just when they thought they'd seen everything, here comes Jesus walking on the water. And they cried out and said, it's a spirit. And then Peter recognized and they cried out and it was the Lord. Just when we think we've seen everything that God wants to do. I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've been in those services. Well, I know what's going to happen next. They're going to sing and he's going to preach and we're going to give the altar call and then we're going to go home and maybe we'll stop at the restaurant and grab something to eat and we get in that mentality that we've, we've just seen everything that God can do. I've been there. I've been, been in services like that. I've acted that way in services. I, I know what's going to happen next. I'm going to pray and we kind of get in the routine of going through the religious motions like the men in that boat. They're just rowing. Well, there's Jesus, you know, that's wonderful. But then there was Peter. And Peter said, well, Jesus is out there. If he did it, I want to do what he's doing. 
And he just climbed out of that boat and went out there and started doing what Jesus was doing. And I just want to encourage somebody here right now. I don't know how you end your services. If the song leader is going to come back and sing whatever you, whatever you do, turn it back, I'll turn it back to Brother Kylie. But I just wanted to leave you with this thought. Just when you think you've seen everything that Jesus can do, there is something more. There is something more. And I've just determined in my heart that I'm, I'm going to be willing to get out of that boat. I'm going to step out to where Jesus is. I want to be right in the middle of what he's doing. Amen? The greater things. Amen, the greater things. Brother Kylie. Wow, aren't you glad you came to church tonight? Amen. Amen. You know, it appears to me, Brother Punzel, that uh, God likes to take the least and make the most out of it. Because your testimony and mine are so similar. But the thought that I had that I want to close with tonight is this. Can somebody tell me what the greatest of all abilities is? Think just for a minute. The greatest of all abilities. It is availability. Because if you're not available, now the rest of it matters, does it? You may have all kinds of abilities, but if you're not available, God looked one day and he looked for a man to stand in the gap and he found none. But Isaiah stood up and said, how about me? I'm willing. And God used Isaiah and God will use you if you are available. And if you have the desire, God will provide the fire but you got to have the desire. Let's stand together. Jesus, we're thankful tonight for the way that you take ordinary people and make them extraordinary. How the real hero... Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.